to come, but for whatever reason couldn't make it. God, we pray now, right now, that you have your way in this service. We thank you for the pastor. We thank you for the spoken word he's going to give. Let it be something that we can take beyond the four walls and change this community. God, we thank you for the visitors. We thank you for the law enforcement officers that we see here. We pray for their safety as they come and go to do their job to the best of their ability. God bless them. Everybody's not a bad cop, God. But at the end of the day, God, protect us all. God, we pray right now that you continue to have your way and have this service and let it be glorified and edified to glorify your name. We humbly submit this prayer as we open the doors of this church in your son, Jesus' name. Amen. Anybody love him this morning? Anybody love him? Come on, sing this morning. Simple song says, I love you forever. I love you. Yes, forever. Forever. With all my heart. I love you. I love you forever, Jesus. Forever. Forever, you're my king. Forever, you're my king. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Say it from your, from your heart. Come on, tell him. I love you. I love you. Heavenly gracious Father, Lord God, we love you. We love you, Lord, because you have been so good to us in so many different ways. And that's why, Lord, we just want to thank you right now this morning as we gather in your church, the house of worship, one more time, Lord. As we corporately pray, Lord, we ask that we continue to do your will. Lord, we thank you for the sunshine this morning. Lord, we thank you for even the rain, the cold weather. Because, Lord, we know that any day that we wake up and see is the day that you have made. And we thank you to Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord, for the food that you put on our table. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for the clothes that you put on our back. We thank you, Lord, for protecting us and protecting our families and our loved ones and our friends as we move throughout this journey, Lord. We thank you. Lord, we thank you most of all for your Son, Jesus Christ, the one that you have made provisions for us to have eternal life, and we are truly grateful for that, Lord. Now, Lord, as we intercede for those that are in need, for those that especially think that there is no hope, we pray for them right now, Lord, that we ask that you move in a mighty way in their lives. 
Dear Heavenly Father, we pray for the sick and the shut-in. We pray for those that may be in the nursing homes and the hospitals. We pray for those that mourn right now, Lord, that may have lost a loved one. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you for that, Lord, because we know that not always have we done things that's pleasant in your sight. And Lord, because of your mercy and Lord, for your grace, we are truly grateful. Now, Lord, we ask that you now go into the jailhouses and behind prison doors and walls, Lord. And we ask that your son, Jesus Christ, the word be taught and that they may have eternal life. We pray, that, Lord, that you send soldiers and fishermen inside, Lord, that are willing to do your word. We pray to Heavenly Father for the first responders. We pray for those that are willing, especially our men and women in our service, that's, that's, that's willing, the Lord, to, to, to make sacrifices and, and dedication that we may have freedom in this country of the United States of America. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father. Now, Lord, as we go to our seat, we ask that you bless this church. We bless this church, our pastors and leaders, Lord, and continue to give him the vision. And, Lord, continue to let us be the one to obey your word. Not only hear your word, but obey your word. Because in obeying your word, you reveal to us the provisions of your word. And we thank you, Lord. And in your son Jesus Christ's most precious name, we do pray. Amen. Amen. As you go to your seat, continue in the worship. Just tell him, I love you forever. Come on. I, I love you forever, forever. With all my heart. Come on, tell him. With all. together give him glory yes thank you lord thank you lord. amen ushers we're going to give you a moment to do what you need to do back there peace i don't know about you but this is the day that the lord has made and i don't know about you but i'm glad in it aren't you we thank God to be in the right place at the right time. We're going to ask now for your continued participation, so we're going to ask you to please stand and join with us this morning. I have a response to reading. May we all read together. Come. I don't like that too well. Let's do that again. Amen. We're going to ask you to all to help us with the hymn for the morning, and we want you to sing like you really know what you're singing about. And I know that you will recognize it right. Glory, glory, hallelujah.
say it right there. Say it right there. Glory. We ask that you please don't forget to keep all of our members in our prayers, those that are maybe a little bit incapacitated. We ask you to continue to pray for them. I know that Brother Gross is not here this morning, but he is um, uh, under the weather a little bit, as we all know. We ask you to please pray for him. Also, our own Brother Watson, I understand, is at home, getting better, hopefully. We ask you to continue to pray. Also, uh, Mrs. Luster, we ask you to continue to pray for her as well. And I might not have all of the names, but just pray for those who are less fortunate than ourselves. At least do that for us. Also, I'd like to remind you that today is Women's Day. Isn't that right? <laughs> and we, so men, get ready for 11. <laughs> no. Uh, just uh, so we can, we go to add, pray for them and support them as they bring the traditional program to us each and every year. We are having a thank you note here. It simply says, just wanted to let you know how much I appreciate everything you've done. It really meant a lot to me, and this is the family of Sanders, the Sanderson family. We ask you to continue to pray for them. And at this time now, we're going to get some additional announcements from the media. Media, Yon? Good morning, Kay Chapel. Join us for our annual Women's Day celebration on today, beginning at 10 a.m. with the Sunday School Review and our Women's Day worship service, beginning at 11. The speaker for today is Sister Angela Cooley. And our Women's Day luncheon will follow the service at 2 p.m. today at Char. Be sure to sign up in the Old Fellowship Hall with a $15 non-refundable fee. The 2019 Bike Blessing and Antique Car Show will take place here at Cade on Sunday, March the 24th from 3 to 5 p.m. There will also be kids' activities, including a space jump and face painting, and there's room for vendors as well. For more information, please contact Reverend Marvin Powell at 601-201-6300 or Serena Wilson at 601-882-8539. We're excited about our upcoming annual Family Day celebration. Join us here at Cade on March the 31st during the 11 o'clock worship service as we celebrate families. Be sure to grab your Cade Chapel t-shirt and we'll see you there. Ladies, today is the last day to pay your $35 to join the Women's Shopping Day trip. This event will take place on Saturday, April the 6th, down to the Gulfport Premium Outlets. We look forward to having you join us for a day of shopping, woohoo, and some good ladies fellowship. The Nate Ruffin 5K Walk and Run, including a health fair, will take place on Saturday, April the 20th, beginning at 7 a.m. Our new location for this year is Smith Park in downtown Jackson. Please see any member of the scholarship board for additional information and to learn how to sign up. And please be sure to check your bulletins and bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events. And to share your ministry news with the K Chapel family, just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com 
or you can go to the Submit Info tab on the Kate Chapel app, but be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of the week. <laughs> I just got this note in. I thank you so much for your prayers, love, cards, phone call, text messages, monetary donation, and other acts of kindness shown to us during the difficult times we experience. And this comes from Mary and Alex Ball. We ask you to continue to pray for them as well. Amen. This time now, we do have some that's ready for the right hand of fellowship. And if you've not yet done that, and if you are ready, we're going to ask you to please come on down right now in front, and we're going to give you the right hand. But while we're doing that, we're going to ask all of our visitors, if you're not yet a member of this congregation, we're going to ask that you please stand. Let us thank you for coming and invite you back. All visitors, please stand up. Stand up, visitors. Amen. God bless you. Isn't that wonderful? And we want you to know that you're welcome. We're happy to have you and stay as long as you like. And while you're standing, we're going to give you something. You can only get here at Katie Chapel.
and amen. We want you to know that we are always happy to see those who are coming in and coming a part of this union, and we thank God for all of his many blessings. This time now, we're going to pause again for a time. I'll pause again for a time in our service where we all can participate. And let me just say what I normally say, and that is that you can't be God-given. Amen. So give as you have been so blessed. If you give, he will give back to you. And, of course, as the ushers come after we get the information from the uh, pulpit here, we'll get a number from the choir. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this. Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand, the word of God from the people of God. Let's just quiet for the moment.
praise the Lord. We haven't seen anything yet as compared to the things that the Lord shall reveal unto us. Praise the Lord. He's a mighty good God. Oh, heaven and precious Father, God, the giver of all things, we praise your holy name. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness toward us, O Heavenly Father. Though undeserving, O Lord, we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us. We come this morning, the Lord realizes, O God, that all good and perfect gifts come from you, O Heavenly Father God. And we realize this morning, O Lord, that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor into the heart of man the things that you have prepared for us who love you. O Heavenly Precious Father God, we come. We thank you, Lord, for these gifts, O Lord. We ask, O Lord, that you would bless them, O Lord, and multiply them, that they might be used for the building of your kingdom. We pray, O Lord, that you just bless and give us, O Heavenly Father God. Bless them fourfold. In your Son, Jesus' name, we ask and pray. Amen. Amen. Let the church say amen. Let's say amen again. Oh, my God, my God, you ain't seen nothing yet. Amen. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly. Anybody who needs some exceeding abundant in your life, some exceedingly abundant blessings, the blessings of health, the blessings of healing, the blessings of peace, the bless now unto him who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine according to the power that worketh within. Amen. Amen. God bless you and God keep you is our prayer. I see a lot of top brass back there. Amen. Amen. Can we thank God for our sheriff's department back there worshiping with us on this morning? Amen. Come on. Why don't y'all stand? Let us salute you this morning. Let us salute you. You protect and serve us. Let us salute you all this morning. Amen. Amen. God bless you. The sheriff is here. Amen. I know you're running for re-election, so why don't you come on and, and take about two minutes and and, and tell us about your re-election. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you, God bless you, amen. Y'all know him, Sheriff Victor Mason. Come on, Let's thank God for the man, amen. Two minutes, I'm gonna do two hours. But let me, that's right. But let me say this, my record speaks for itself. That's all I can say. We've always been here for you when you called us. And one thing I can say, we gave you results. We didn't give you excuses. So let me just say this. Continue to pray for us. Continue to pray for me. After what I went through with cancer, I can say God is good. He's good. So with that being said, I'll see you August at the post. I'm not going to comment after that. <laughs> Great job. Thank you. This time now we'll have the final selection for the morning and after which we'll be ready for the message for the morning. Choir.
do me a favor and tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, it's all right if you need to praise the Lord. Go tell your neighbor, it's all right if you need to praise the Lord. I won't be upset if you need to praise the Lord. I ain't going to act funny if you need to praise the, whatever you need to do. I'm all right with that. So, so if your neighbor just gave you permission and if you got a praise in your mouth, a praise in your heart, a praise in your spirit, why don't you just go ahead and give him the praise that's due his name, the glory, the honor. Hallelujah. Oh, bless his name. Oh, bless. Oh, bless his name. Oh, bless his name. For the Lord is good. Oh, bless his name. If it had not been for God, oh, bless his name. He's brought me through this and that. Oh, bless his name. God's been good to me. Oh, bless his name. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's Hallelujah. Oh, bless his name. Oh, bless his name. Oh, bless his name. What a mighty good God we serve. Hallelujah. Bless his name. If you will consider with me a portion of scripture found in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter number 19. I want to begin reading with verse number 4. I'm going to read from the contemporary English version. From that version it reads like this. Before Lot and his guests could go to bed, every man in Sodom, young and old, came and stood outside his house, started shouting, where are your visitors? Send them out so we can have sex with them. Lot went outside and shut the door behind him. Then he said, friends, please don't do such a terrible thing. I have two daughters who have never been married. I'll bring them out and you can do what you want with them, but don't harm these men. They're guests in my home. Don't, don't get in our way, the crowd answered. You're an outsider. What right do you have to order us around? We'll do worse things to you than we're going to do to them. The crowd kept arguing with Lot, finally. They rushed toward the door to break it down. But the two angels in the house reached out and pulled Lot safely inside. Then they struck everyone in the crowd blind. None of them could even find the door. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk from the subject this morning, surviving Sodom, surviving Sodom. A national conversation is going on in barbershops, in beauty salons, in black communities around this country. It all started in January of this year 
in a six-part documentary ad on Lifetime entitled Surviving R. Kelly. After its airing last month, the R&B singer known for producing the music that for many of us makes up the soundtrack of our lives was formally charged with 10 counts of aggravated sexual abuse. The news of Kelly's sexual assault charges, though, were nothing new. Truth is that most people who listened to his music and followed his career had that nagging question in the back of our heads. From the moment that we saw him marry Aaliyah, a then 15-year-old girl, whose age was falsified to appear as being 18, we knew deep down that something was going on. But we kept on dancing. We kept stepping in the name of love. We kept believing we could fly. We, we kept visiting the chocolate factory and, and waiting for the be next episode to drop between him and Ron Isley, AKA Mr. Biggs, because well, the music was just that good. And while these are still charges and allegations that must go before a court to be judged, I think the conversation being had now is interesting on many different levels. You have the sympathizers who ardently defend Kelly almost like he's a family member. You have the identifiers who automatically side with and defend the victims quite often because they can identify with the stories, the pain, and the experiences of those who have been abused. And then somewhere in the middle, you have those who aren't defending Kelly because it just doesn't feel right. But they aren't defending the victims either because we can't figure out how in the world did these girls get in that situation in the first place. And we ask questions like, where were the parents? Y'all ain't going to talk to me this morning. We ask questions like, what did she think she was getting into going to his house or his apartment at 2 a.m. in the morning? We, we ask questions like, who lets their daughter go to a studio alone by themselves? We, we ask those questions. I don't know if this sermon will answer any of those questions or if it will even teach us how to deal with the devastation of lives, the desecration of bodies, or the destruction of careers left behind. Honestly, if I'm totally honest with you, I tried best I could not to preach this sermon this morning. Argued with the Lord. The Lord warned. So as we celebrate Women's Day, as we celebrate Women's Day on today, I hope that it will add to the national conversation about how we as a society view, treat, and respond to women. Because the truth of the matter is that this is bigger than R. Kelly. 
How we treat women is bigger than one black R&B singer. How we treat women is bigger than the NFL and Ray Rice's domestic violent charges. How we treat women is bigger than Hollywood and Harvey Weinstein and Woody Allen. How we treat women is bigger than Elvis wedding Priscilla when he was 24 and she 14. It's bigger than Jerry Lee Lewis marrying his 13-year-old cousin. How we treat women is bigger than the misogynist who resides at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. It's bigger than any of these, and yet all of these point to the fact that we've got a problem with how we understand, how we treat, and how we protect women from sexual violence. We got a problem. Oh, yes, we got a problem. Can I share with you how big this problem really is, particularly among black women? Here's what we don't talk about in the barbershop. Here's what we don't talk about in the beauty salon. One in every five black women have been raped in their lifetime. Start counting on your row. One in every five have been raped in their lifetime. Almost 40% of black women report coercive sexual contact by the age of 18. We don't talk about this in the beauty shop. The Department of Justice estimates that for every white woman that reports her rape, at least five white women don't report theirs, but yet for every African-American woman that does not report her rape, at least 15 others haven't reported theirs. It's the quiet secret that we historically don't talk about. We teach our black girls to be strong, to be resilient, to be powerful, to be what Zora Neale Hurston called the mules of the earth who are made to bear the burdens and the weight of being violated and not saying anything about it. But black girl magic is not enough to remove the pain and erase the scars of physical and sexual abuse. Historically, black women in this country have always been objectified. Stereotypes of black women's hypersexuality were used to justify such objectification and to limit any real social support when cases were reported. Black women were raped by slave masters and made to bear it only to then be psychologically raped by a system that neither recognized their value, their voice, or their victimization. So a culture of silence was created where you coped by not talking about it. You dealt with it by sucking it up and trying not to put yourself in that position anymore because it was always something the girl should or could have done differently and never the fault of the perpetrator. Why was you wearing them shorts anyway? Why did you wear that skirt anyhow? You, you, you know you shouldn't be walking in front of him. Like men are just animals. I'm going to deal with y'all later. This kind of victimization of black women continues to play out day after day after day in communities filled with barbershops, beauty salons, and churches. But if this text does anything, 
It shows us that this kind of objectification and victimization of women didn't just start in the 21st or even in the 20th century, but this is a problem that can be traced to the very beginnings of civilization itself. Lot, the nephew of Abraham, is living in Sodom. It's a land that he chose to relocate to because there had been a growing tension between Abraham's herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen. The, the Lord was prospering them and there was just not enough land to support all of their livestock. So Abraham says to his nephew, listen, we don't need to fight over this. We don't need to get bent over sorts, over sorts all over this. You choose where you want to go and whatever's left, I'll take that. And the Bible says that Lot looked and chose Sodom because it appeared to be a lush green land. It appeared to be a land where he and his herdsmen would prosper in wealth. And even before we can get into the story, we are made to understand that there are consequences for your choices. And hear me, you need to be prayerful and spirit-guided when making decisions, understanding that there is more at stake than what you might be considering. <laughs> All Lot was looking at was how lush and green the land was. He saw the green. He... He saw the prosperity. He saw the green. He saw the richness of the soil. He saw the green. He, he saw the possibilities and the opportunity. He saw the green. And let this be a warning for those of you who are chasing the dollar. While you might make a move to get more money, you've got to consider what are the costs. You might make more money somewhere else, but what does it cost? You might live in a bigger house, but what does it cost? You might blow up, but what does it cost? Lot did not understand that there would be consequences for choosing to move his family to Sodom. And one of the consequences for moving to Sodom was the normalization of abnormal behavior. I need you to write that one down. I didn't get it to the media in time. The normalization of abnormal behavior. Sodom was known for being an immoral city. It was the original sin city. Las Vegas doesn't have anything on Sodom. New York or L.A. can't hold a candle to Sodom. The sin of Sodom was so poignant that the stench of the city reached the nostrils of God in heaven. <laughs> God sent angels down to investigate just how evil Sodom had become. And that's who these two men are who are visiting Lot. They're strangers to the city. Lot opens his doors to them, but... And you read what happened when, when the night came, the men of the city came knocking on Lot's door asking them, let these men come outside so we can sodomize them. Lot refused their request. But in a plea deal, Lot offers... His two daughters. His two virgin daughters who had not known a man. Lot says, don't hurt these men. Take my daughters.
Now, what's going on with Lot? That he would seemingly, without so much as a thought, offer up his two daughters in order to protect these two men. What would cause a man to want to protect other men at the expense of his daughters? Y'all ain't working with me on this. What, what would cause Lot to want to protect men he had just met more than the daughters he and his wife had been raising together? I give you the answer. The answer is the normalization of abnormal behavior. Men protecting men ain't new. Wish I had a witness in here. Men taking up for men. Y'all ain't going to say amen in here. Men covering other men. And their indiscretions ain't nothing new about that. Men covering the bad behavior of other men. It's what the men were doing when they brought that woman to Jesus who had been caught in adultery. They brought the woman but left their man friend out. Said deal with that woman. She ought to know better. They expose the woman and cover the man. And Lot suffered from the normalization of the abnormal where it became normal to oppress women. Normal to decide what women could and would do with their bodies. Normal to dictate to women rather than to communicate with them. Normal to control women rather than to compromise with them. And even though scripture refers to Lot as a righteous man later on in Second Peter, he was not righteous enough to resist taking on and following the norms of the culture that existed around him. That's one of the dangers of this current presidency. Abnormal behavior is becoming normalized. It's becoming normal to bully people who think differently from you. It's becoming normal to hear the leader of our country tell lies. It's becoming normal to put president and porn star in the same sentence. It's becoming normal to put White House and white supremacy in the same paragraph. It's becoming normal to hear derogatory language, repulsive reports, and a whole list of bad boy behavior associated with the president. And while some evangelical Christians defend him saying, we elected a president and not a pastor. If you are not careful, you'll be exposed to evil so long that you won't even recognize it anymore if you aren't careful you'll be around evil so long that it doesn't bother you anymore and when you ignore evil and wrong and abnormal behavior long enough you will begin to make concessions for it justifications for it explanations for it things that are otherwise immoral irreprehensible irresponsible and sinful behavior and as Christians we must vocally and visibly be counterculture. Be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Make sure that this behavior is not normalized. Is something wrong with it? Something wrong when you see a man hanging around a high school and he ain't got no children there. Something wrong with that. 
ignoring what is otherwise abnormal and justifying it just because you like the music. Lot had become so shaped by the culture that it didn't bother him to see his daughters as objects meant for man's pleasure. When you're shaped by culture more than you are by Christ, you'll end up allowing anything to become the norm. And while I'm not suggesting to you that the parents involved in the R. Kelly case did necessarily what Lot did by simply offering their daughters to him. I am suggesting that our culture makes it easy to look the other way. Let's be honest. In saying that there was enough speculation, there was enough past behavior, there was enough insider information that warranted more consistent attention, more investigation, and more outrage than had been given to these cases. But somehow and for some reason, we became okay with normalizing abnormal behavior. We're guilty of normalizing the abnormal when it has to do with who we like or what we like to do. And if we're going to point fingers then there's plenty of blame to go around. If you had a CD and that didn't bother you what you heard or suspected, keep one finger for you. <laughs> Where was Jet? Where was Essence? Where was Ebony? We report on all of these other things, but, but where are these institutes, where was the NAACP? Where was the Urban League? Oh, wait a minute. Where was the church? Where was the village that's supposed to protect our children? Where were the village elders that are supposed to be able to sit on their porch and, 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 and see all the news and know all the gossip and warn children, don't get too close to him? We know who he is. He's dealing with some stuff. Where were they? Let's be honest in saying that in this case and in the cases of countless others, the church and Christendom in general has remained regrettably silenced in the face of the epidemic of harassment, abuse, and violence against women. Allowing the abnormal to become normal. Christian leaders on the whole, yes, us of the cloth, we have failed to address the abuse and assault experienced by more than half of all Christian believers. Even within our own congregations. And some of us have helped to create a culture where the abnormal has become normal. The reality is that our culture has failed women 
And until we address abuse and domestic violence, until we create a culture where people who have been victimized can be heard and healed, until we see Lot's daughters as women to be valued, women who have a voice, women whose futures are not to be at the hands of men, until we see Lot's daughters as women who can make their own decisions, women who can speak for themselves and stand for themselves, until we hear Lot's daughters' voices when they cry out, until we respond to Lot's daughter's silent stares that tip you to the fact that something's wrong here. Until we've decided that we can no longer put up with violence against women in our communities. Injustice against women in the marketplace, abuse against women in our families, until we acknowledge and address our own sexist views and viewpoints. Come on, men. Until we deal with our own predispositions to blame the victim rather than to hold the perpetrator accountable. Until we do these things, the oppression, the subjugation, and the abuse of women will continue to be permissive and pervasive. And we will all be guilty of making the abnormal normal. I know you want to stay and have a bone to pick with Lot. Get a better understanding maybe of his mindset and his thinking. But we would do a disservice to the women of this text if we allowed them to remain silent. So for just a moment, I want to invite you to sit with Lot's daughters. To see life through the eyes of Lot's daughters. To experience this betrayal, this burden, this unbelievable exchange of Lot's daughters for the safety of two strange men. What must they have been thinking to hear their father negotiate their future without them having a word to say about it? What must they have been feeling to know that two strange men meant more to their father than they did? What must they have been saying only inside of their spirit, inside of their hearts, for to raise their objection or to speak their mind was not even an option, for they had no say in the matter. They had no choice in the conversation, here are these men deciding these two women's futures. And women had no voice. Doesn't sound too dissimilar from where we are today. Men choosing women's futures. That's the second thing we see in this text. We see a general devaluation, disregard, and disrespect of women. The reality is that male dominance and patriarchy have a long history. Choosing for women rather than giving them the agency to choose for themselves has a sordid past of misogyny and male domination. And some men would love to continue to dominate women. Some men would love to continue to dominate conversations that concern women dominate the policies that affect women. Yeah. 
dominate the legislation geared towards women. Some men would love to dominate the economies specific to women. Dominate the fashion worn by women. Some men would love to dominate the products consumed by women and think that they have the God-given right to do so. But women have not been created to be dominated. Women have not been created to be used by man, but God fashioned woman to be man suitable, help me to live out complementary lives that are not in competition with each other. And until we change the culture, a culture that objectifies and marginalizes women into a culture that recognizes them as intelligent, brilliant, capable creatures that are and can decide for themselves. We will continue to not hear the voices of the victims of abuse, injustice, and domestic violence. We will continue to do what and how we do now. Simply speculate and spectate rather than speak out for those who hurt and need help. Earlot's daughters are watching their future be traded by their father without a voice to oppose it. Here they are by themselves. I had to ask myself the question, where was their mama? Dad is up front, cutting a deal. Where's the mama? But, but I can't stay with the mama too long because the mama is in the same condition as the daughter's. The voice that the daughters don't have is the same voice that she does not have. Everything for women was decided by men. So here they are without a mother who can say anything to defend them. Here they are alone and about to be given to lustful, immoral, sexually depraved men to be used for their own gratification. And when no one was standing up for them, when nobody was speaking up for them, when nobody defended their humanity. I want to say to you, if you're going to survive Sodom, you've got to get to the point where you understand. I'm going to need you to help me preach this. But if you're going to survive Sodom, you've got to understand and you've got to help some young lady or some young man who's been molested or abused. You've got to help those individuals understand, number one, it ain't your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. I'm going to say it again. It's not your fault. No, it's not. It's not. I know what they told you. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. If, 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 if a man chooses to assault a woman, that's not her fault. If a man chooses to harass a woman, that's not her fault. If a man chooses to abuse a woman, that's not her fault. If a man chooses to molest a girl, that's not her fault. If a man chooses to rape a woman, that's not her fault. If a man chooses to inappropriately touch an underage girl, that's not her fault. 
And if you think it is, you're part of the problem. We cannot keep teaching girls these lessons that men can't control themselves and you somehow got to cover yourself up or you're asking for it. It's not her fault that a man is so depraved that he can't control himself. It's not her fault. That's not her problem. That's his problem. He needs help. He needs counseling. Sheriff, he needs to be arrested. That's not her fault. You can sit here and say all day long, but Reverend, Reverend, why was she dressed like that? I don't know why she was dressed like that, but he chose to do that. And it wasn't her fault. Number two, if you're going to survive Sodom, you've got to realize, number two, that when men have failed you, you've got a father who will protect you. When men have failed you, you've got a father who will protect you. It's in the text, y'all. There these girls are. They see their future's about to be traded in. And before it could happen, God steps in. He pulls Lot out of the way through the hands of the angel. And he gets between him and the men and, and blinds the men so that they could not even find the door. Because God knew that if they could find the door and get their way in, they would have Lot. They would have Lot's wife. They would have Lot's daughters. They would have the men, everybody in the house. I need to tell somebody that when you find yourself in a situation and you don't know if you can handle it, I've got a God who will step in. I've got a God who will get in it with you. I've got a God who will stand and his enemies will be scattered. I've got a God who will fight your battles for you. i got a God. I need to tell somebody that God will defend you. I need to tell somebody that the Lord will speak up for you. The Lord will fight for the weak. The Lord will protect the vulnerable. The Lord will provide the way of escape. The Lord will give you strength to be able to survive it. God will. I'm through, but I got to tell you this. This is the last thing. Here it is. If you're going to survive Sodom, you got to learn how to leave and don't look back. Sorry, I didn't get that to your media. You got to learn how to leave and don't look back. Wish I had a witness in here. Tell, you, tell your neighbor, learn how to leave and don't look back. Not no, leave and keep moving. Leave, leave and keep, leave, leave and quit acting like you want to go. Leave and quit wondering what's happening. That, that, that's, that's what happened. They, the, the angel said, listen, God has seen enough. He, he knows what's going on and he's protecting you and he's going to give you some time to get out. Yeah. 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 
somebody message right there. You did not expect to hear this from your preacher. Get out. Get out. You're being hurt. You're being abused. You're being assaulted. I wish you would finish the statement for him and just say, get out. Get out. You're being hurt. You're being abused. You're being assaulted. You're being molested. You're being attacked. You're being made to feel less than the creature that you are. And don't look back. The angel said, get your children, get your family, and get out of here. Get out of here. This is not where you're supposed to be. Get out of here. I, listen, listen, listen. I, I don't know who this is for. I told you. I, I tried not to preach this this morning, but God said, no. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. And, and, and listen, 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 listen. If it's true that one in every five black women, if that statistic is true, We don't talk about it in the barbershop. We don't talk about it in the beauty salon. Truth is, we don't even talk about it in Sunday school. We're going to talk about it today. I need you to do something for me. I'm not going to get in your business. I'm not going to ask you to admit to anything that's personal to you. But there is something called intercession. I want to do something for the sake of making this very real. I'm not talking about you now. But if you know somebody, if you know somebody, who's been abused, who's been sexually assaulted, I'm talking to the women now, who's been attacked, domestic violence. If you know somebody, it fits either of those descriptions, if you know somebody and you're a woman, I want you to stand up. If you know somebody, you know somebody. You know somebody. Yeah, you, you know somebody. Yeah, y'all see that? Yeah, they, they know somebody who's been abused, who's been beat up, who's been raped or assaulted sexually. So those of you who are standing up, won't you do me one more favor? As, in, as intercessors, can you meet me down here? Can you meet me down here? Some of you are standing in the gap for others.
truth of the matter is some of you are standing for yourselves but whichever it is here's the good news this morning God sees and knows who we are God is able now now, now, ministers, ministers, y'all stand back for a second. Y'all stand back for a second. Y'all stand back for a second. Hmm. Wow. I need some women who are not here, who are strong enough to stand with these women and pray for these women to take the place of these ministers right now. Y'all stand down. Y'all stand down. Y'all stand down. I need some women to come here. I need some sisters to speak life to some sisters. I need some women who can help give voice to some women and acknowledge, watch this, that if you're going through, I'm not going to let you go through by yourself. That's my sisterly pledge to you. That if I see something, I'm going to say something. That, that we're not going to keep sweeping stuff under the rug just because it's family or just because we don't want to hurt nobody. If it's wrong, it's wrong. If it hurts, it hurts. If it's evil, it's evil and it has no place. And women, you got to stand up for each other. You got to stand strong for each other. Can I help you somebody? Can I help somebody? Let me help you with this. Let me help you with this. Women, women, hear me. Hear my heart. Hear my heart. You got to help our young girls. Hear my heart, women. You got to stop blaming them for stuff they didn't have control over. gotta stop doing that because you're tearing them up they're already hurt they're already trying to figure out why did this happen you gotta stop blaming them let me help you somewhere else women I don't know where all this is coming from women you gotta do this you gotta do this you gotta help young girls to love themselves. <laughs> Sister Dickie, come here. Come here for a second. Come here for a second. Sister Dickie, somebody else. You got the, you rocking these natural, these braids. Come here. Come here. Come here. Somebody with a nice press. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. You see all this beauty up here? You see this you see this beautiful hair up here? Are you are you hearing me? Listen. about how she's rocking her hair. 
Stop trying to make her conform to your generation. Stop trying to make her feel like she got to do it the way you were taught to do it. If she's strong enough to be herself, let her be herself. Y'all heal each other. Y'all heal each other. Lay hands on each other. Y'all pray for each other right now. It's the sisterly thing. Bless each other. Bless each other. There's somebody who's standing not for somebody else. They're actually standing for themselves because they were victimized. They were hurt. They were abused. Pray for them right now. That the hurt would be released. Pray for them right now. That the wound would be healed. Pray for them right now. No, no, you pray for them. Ain't no man gonna pray for you. You pray for you. You pray for you. There's power in your voice. God hears you. Hallelujah. Bless his name. wanted to say I'm suppressed um, molestation since I was five and I was suppressed it for so long Oh, Lord. 
I need y'all to pray. I need y'all to pray. I need y'all to pray for healing right now. I need you to pray for healing right now. Hallelujah. Thank you for your transparency. God is able. But listen, I want you to look around you right now. I want you to look around you right now. Because you got an army of women around you. There's a sisterhood right here. And they're not letting you go through this by yourself. And no other woman, no other woman should go through that by themselves. Bring those children in here. Bring those children in here. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Deacons, give me two deacons. Pray for your deacon. Listen, y'all. If you gotta go, the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine on you, be gracious unto you, give you his peace. If you need to leave, there's no worry, no problem with that. I just gave the benediction. But for those of you who need healing, we're staying here. For those of you who need prayer, we're staying here. If you need to leave, I promise you there's no problem with that. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. Give you his peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.